0: Good morning. Well, today we close out the message series that we've been doing on the fruit of the spirit, which we entitled Rooted and Grounded in Love. And we covered in that we started actually with a message that uh, was from Ephesians chapter 3, 16. It was a a prayer by Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, and he was... um, just letting them know that he was praying for them. And we asked you to, uh, if you could or would, is to memorize that prayer and pray it over your loved ones, pray it over the congregation. And basically, it, it, he was asking God to uh, grant unto the church of Ephesus. And you can say, uh, God, I pray that you will grant unto my mother or my Father, or my children, or my loved one, uh, to be uh, filled, and uh, it's just strengthened, and all those type of things. Uh, so basically, how many of you learn the prayer? Okay, good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But that's that's something that that I've been trying to pray uh, over over you as a congregation. I've been trying to pray that that uh, God will grant to you according to his riches and glory to be uh, strengthened with might or power uh, by his spirit in a, in a man and that you be rooted and grounded in love may be to comprehend with all the saints with the, the, the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and to be filled with all the fullness of Christ uh, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. I've been trying to pray that over you. Uh, so I try to learn prayers to pray over you. That's the first message I did. Then the second message, uh, we talked about freedom. We talked about all the things you're free from, and we said that uh, a lot of things you're free from. And we said we are free from the Mosaic law, but we can't give the flesh an opportunity. And we went from that message into a message talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and we said that the fruit actually was the effect or result of the Holy Spirit's leading our lives or controlling our lives, I like to say, and from that point, we talked about love. We talked about faithfulness. We talked about another lesson, joy and peace. And uh, we went to another lesson, which we talked on uh, self-control and kindness. We talked on, on long-suffering. And we talked on gentleness or what we call meekness. And today, we want to talk on goodness. We want to close it out with goodness. And I want to do two things today. is to explain that goodness needs Two other characteristics of God to allow that goodness to be shown to others by us, because sometimes if we think we can we can uh, show goodness to others without other characteristics. Then a lot of times we miss uh, being able to abound in goodness. So we'll talk about two things. So let's start off uh, talking about really goodness. Goodness is is active. Active um, sympathy and pity for the poor and for those who are suffering that's what that's what uh, goodness is and and it is, it can some words can be expressed some, uh, we call them synonyms can be used like almsgiving that's part of goodness. another word was charitableness that's goodness benevolence that's goodness. Uh, we have a benevolent fund in church that you can give, to, because we try to reach out to people in need uh, in, in the body. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's something that, that God is. And I wanted to show you one verse, just one of the many, 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 many verses talk about goodness. So let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. We know that God is good, but we're talking about goodness. Active, active goodwill towards the poor and the suffering or the needy. In John chapter 13, verse 21, we'll start there. We'll go to verse 30. And I'm going to give you a backdrop. What we really need is verse 29, but I'll give you a backdrop by going from 21. When Jesus had said this, he became troubled in his spirit and testified and said, Truly, truly, I say unto you that one of you will betray me. The disciples began looking around to one another at uh, a loss to know of which one was he speaking. There was a reclining on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. So Simon Peter gestured to him and said to him, Tell us who it is whom he is speaking. He, leaning back thus on Jesus' bosom, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus then answered, That is the one of whom I shall dip the morsel and give it to him. So when he had dipped the morsel, he took and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. After the morsel, Satan then entered into him. Therefore Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. Now, no one of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he had said this to him. And this is the this is one I wanted to get to. For some were supposing because Jesus, Jesus had the money box. Now, if someone has the money box, then what does Jesus do with this money box? What does he tell the treasurer? Because Jesus is the one directing the use of it, um, supposedly, because he didn't know what Jesus was doing. What he knew, but Jesus didn't know he knew he was stealing. Uh, but he did. Jesus had some things that the treasurer was supposed to do. What were some of those things? Number one, buy the things we have need of. See, that's what they thought Jesus was saying to him for the feast. Or else, that he should give something to the poor. Now, that's interesting. Now, if you if kind of think about this, you say, well, okay, what does usually Jesus, what does he do with his money? The money that he has in his treasurer, He provides food for the disciples and for himself. But he also gives to the poor. They didn't say anything else. They didn't say, well, they thought he might go out and buy some sandals. He didn't say that, you know, because did they have needle sandals? They wore sandals. They wore sandals. Or, you know, well, we might go out and buy a donkey. No. Nope. So, so, you know, we can ride a little bit, a little bit better. No, that was, not, that was not it either. Two things, provide food and to give to the poor. That's all over the Bible, all over the Bible, giving to the poor, goodness—that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the effect or result of the Spirit leading our lives. He will cause us to give to the poor. That's what He's going to cause us to do, because Jesus gave to the poor, and you can I mean, you can look all the way through the Gospel. You, I mean, come on, Jesus. That was is one of the results of him being present anywhere as he gave to the poor. Is that true? How many of us were poor? Spiritually, we all were poor weren't we? right? And and he, he didn't come for the for the ones who were uh, who who had no need. He came to the blind and the ones who couldn't see spiritually. That's the same thing. Jesus is always going to look out for the alien. He's going to look out for the orphan. He's going to look out for the widows. He's going to look out for the poor. He's going to always do that. I want to have that type of um, effect and and result in my life. I want to be a person who is actively looking for opportunities to give to the poor. That's what I want to do. Do we have any orphans around? Do we have any widows around? Who, who needs some help. Do we have that around? That's what Jesus is always looking for. Goodness. Goodness. Now, in order to have this to explode, abound in our lives, we need two other things. We need mercy. We need mercy. See, without mercy, you're not going to have the goodness that you should have. Because a person who is not merciful, then they're not going to see the need. And if they see it, they're surely not going to minister to it because they're not merciful. They're really not. What we're talking about when we talk about mercy? Most of us, we already will say, oh, I know what you mean by mercy. Mercy is um, uh, when we deserve punishment discipline but god doesn't give it to us he has mercy on us well that's true but mercy is also having pity for those who cannot help themselves it's also that do you know that it takes mercy before you have grace Because I'm not gonna give somebody grace unless I have mercy. Unless I have I sympathize with them. If I have pity on them, then I can give them grace. And we know grace is unmerited, favor, we know it's enabling, we know all those type of things like that. Uh, So was God like that? If we look at um, why we were saved, did he just say, I'm I'm, I'm going to extend grace to them? Or did he say, I'm going to have mercy on them because they cannot get back to God any other way than I show mercy on them? There's no way to get back to God. None. Unless I show mercy. And so, when he shows mercy, he shows mercy by giving us grace. Are uh, scripture, for God so loved the world? Will God so love, one theologian say, in mercy that he gave in grace, Jesus Christ? Without mercy, he wouldn't have given isn't it, Isn't that true? If he didn't have mercy on us, why would he give? But he had mercy on us. I want mercy, and I need mercy in my life. Let's look at it a little thoroughly in a book that we've gone over in the years past, verse by verse. Let's look in James chapter 2. Let's look there. And in, in that James chapter 2, verse 1, It has an area that we can spend a little time on. Let's start with what it's saying here. James chapter 2, verse 1. My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. We're talking about mercy. But it's gonna. this whole type of chapter, the first part, is, is, is bathed in God's mercy, his loving and benevolent pity upon someone who can't help themselves. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes... And you pay special attention to the one who is wearing the fine clothes and say, you sit here in this good place and say to the poor man, are oh, you stand over here over, over there and sit by my footstool? Have you not made distinction among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? Listen, my beloved brethren. Did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? Do they not blaspheme the fair name of, by which you have been called? If, however, you are Fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing good. But if you show partiality, meaning distinguishing between people because of their clothing, because of their zip code, because of their economic standard, because of their occupation. You know, we, we do that a lot of times. Even in churches. Even in churches. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yes. I won't go there. But (laughs) let's keep going. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, has become guilty of all. See, because God said in verse 9, if you show partiality, you're committing sin. I don't think we we, we really realize that God said that. Because I believe we show partiality more than we probably realize we do. All of us. I believe we do. And he said, if you show partiality, partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Verse 11. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not commit murder. Now if you do not commit adultery but you do commit murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. And of course if you're guilty in one point, you're guilty of all the points. And the law is summed up in loving your neighbor as yourself. That's how it's summed up. Are we really loving one another as ourselves? Uh, Let's stop here just for a minute. When when it says loving one another as yourselves, um, sometimes a person says, well, you know, I really um, don't love myself, so that's not really good. Well, if God says you shall love your neighbor as yourself, that is true. And what God is saying is that a person, normally, their, their natural tendency is to think good of themselves, all of us. We'll make excuses for our own faults, whereas we won't make excuses for somebody else's faults. We won't have the same, uh, let's say, desire, for someone else to make a high salary as we desire ourselves to have this high salary. Come on, I mean we don't we, we don't have we don't have a lot of pity on somebody who's making five dollars less. We just make excuses for uh uh well we 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 will let's say we'll we'll say well, I'm making this because this is this and this, and I'm this and this, and I did this and this. That's why I'm making that. Whereas this person, he hasn't done anything, you know. He could have done this or she could have done that, but they're not doing that, so therefore, that's why they're doing that. Don't you realize that, that God says that that we need to have the same compassion on those who are not as fortunate as we are? Because, see, some people are not fortunate enough to go to a medical school, not fortunate enough to go to uh, uh College and and, and get a degree. Some some people not they don't even have the uh, let's say the the gifting because God hasn't gifted them to be a medical doctor. He's gifted them to be a mechanic. I thank God for mechanics. Yeah. When something's wrong my car, thank God for them. Yeah, really, I do. Where's Jesse? Thank God for Jesse. <laughs> yeah. See, but why, why should we be uh, thinking less just because, you know, well, he's a mechanic, you know? No. No, 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 uh uh-uh. But see, we do that. And God says that, that you know, you, you have to have the same love for someone else that you have for yourself. Do we care about the homeless as much as we care about us having a nice home? Yeah. Do we really care enough? And see, you know, when I think about all those things, I said, well, not really, because I think they can do better. See I, I said, you know, our church used to be beside the Salvation Army um, uh, their, their, their homeless shelter, and I used to talk to some of the ones. And I said, man, some of these dudes, they don't even want to work. They just go go out and and, uh, get they have to get signed a little thing that says that they they, they went to search for a job. And they'll go and say, well, hey, would you sign this piece of paper? That's what I'm signing. That that I came to ask you for a job. I know you don't have any, but, you know, would you sign this for me? They're not even looking for a job. But there are genuine people that are Homeless. That, 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 you know, that somehow they got in a financial situation and, and they lost their home and they don't have a home. There are genuine people like that. Wow. Did y'all see the movie, Pursuit of Happiness? Some of you might have. That was a real story. Real story. I can't imagine taking, you know, one of my children and sleeping in the bathroom in a, in a subway station or something. I can't even picture doing that because I didn't have anywhere to stay. You know, fighting in line to get, to get into the homeless shelter. I can't, can't, can't conceive of that. But there are people who genuinely, they don't have anywhere to go. Do we have the same type of concern for those people as we have for ourselves? We have the same kind of concern for people who don't have a lot to eat. I mean, there are plenty of people we, we um, support feed the children ministries, and uh, we we see pictures. I said, "My goodness gracious! These people, these, these little children, searching the the the, the, the dumpster, dumps for food." And we will sometimes have a <laughs> we will go out to eat, and we said, "Well, you know, I don't I don't think I want to eat all this." and and, and We don't even eat all the food. Come on. I mean, good food. Think of the food that we throw away. Think of the food that is thrown away by most restaurants. Think about it. And there are people that are starving to death. So do we really have that type of compassion? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what God says. Don't show partiality. You know, this church should be a church that embraces everyone. If someone came in and, and they have uh, work clothes on, whatever, they, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what their occupation is, where they live. It doesn't matter whether they have a job or they don't have one. Uh, you know, you come in one way, but we're going to try to uh, give you spiritual knowledge so you can grow to where God wants you to be. We've had people in this congregation who didn't have a job. Before. You got laid off. You remember when the, when the crunch was down? Got laid off. Right, Lord? Got laid off. D- didn't have a job, right? Didn't have a job. You got to have compassion. Got to have compassion. And that's what I'm talking about with this mercy that God is talking about here. Oh, we got to have mercy. He, he says in Matthew, I think it's 5 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall come. On finish from. Receive mercy, obtain mercy. God says it; He says it. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Let's finish up in, in in James because it is saying the same thing here. Verse twelve: So speak and act as those who are judged. By the law of liberty. Do you know we are all gonna be judged? We're gonna stand in judgment, all of us, before Christ. We're not gonna stand in judgment for with like the, the, the unsaved, but we'll be standing in judgment of what has been done in this body, our works. <laughs> Believe me, it's in scripture. Listen to verse thirteen. For judgment, who is he talking to anyway? The church. The church. For judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Oh, that's a law. You don't, that's a law. Do you hear what I'm saying? If he said it, mercy triumph over judgment. Let every man be alive, but God is true. That's the law. And, and those of you who play cards, you know, um, I think now in some games. Because uh, <laughs> they, they, they have so many games now out, out in these cards. But I, all I know is that the deck of cards, the ace card, is supposed to be the biggest thing. But then they came out with a joke that's supposed to be better than that. I don't know. But uh, I know an ace beat a king and a beat a queen and a beat a jack in some games. Is that correct? If, if you have a throw a king out there and start smiling, and I throw an ace out there, that's supposed to that's supposed to trump trump that. Is that right? Is that is that the right word? Trump I don't know. I hear it. I don't know. <laughs> it's supposed to win. Is that right? It's supposed to win, right? Huh? Well he says that mercy triumphs over judgment. So when we stand before before God for works done in our in this his body, and we know, we know now, come on. He knows, but we know the little things that, that, that we've done that we know that we had to ask forgiveness for, right? If you confess your sins, he faithful and justice, forgive your sins, and cleanse all right So we have we've done that a lot, right? We've done it a lot, but we're still going to be done. Be judged by everything we say and everything we do. Every idle word that we speak, we're going to be judged for. Do you hear what I'm saying? Idle word is a vain word, you know. Useless word. is, a, is another way of saying it. A useless word. We're supposed to be speaking words of edification to one another, and every word does not bring an edification that, that is useless that we speak is a vain word that we'll be judged for. Isn't it great that we know a law that mercy triumphs over judgment? So what should we be doing? Looking for opportunities to show mercy. To show mercy. The more mercy you show, the more It's going to trump judgment. Come on. Y'all are supposed to be standing up saying, Yo! That's what you're talking about now? (laughs) Hey, come on. Really? As much as stuff, come on. As much as stuff I know that I I fall short in, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm just a, I'm just a, you know, the prodigal son, you know, I'm just the one that uh, maybe y'all are holier than thou. But I know how much I need mercy. I know how much I need mercy. And that's what he's saying. That's one thing we need. Mercy. Now, now we can go to. Let's go to one other. First Peter. i go to one other in there. First Peter. Uh, one 3 let Let's go there. Because, because you, you have to know what we're talking about here. Mercy. Mercy. It's going to help goodness. It's going to help goodness. We said we we're going to have we're going to talk about two things that will take us from where we are in goodness and call us to abound. Abound in goodness. Verse three. First Peter chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his little bit of mercy, what does it say? <laughs> Great mercy, didn't it? Great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's according to his great mercy that he gave Jesus Christ. It's because his great mercy that he had grace on us. Great mercy. Not a little bit of mercy. Great mercy. How much mercy are you showing to people? How much mercy? How much mercy? A lot of times we have a critical spirit of people, don't we? If they're they not like we are or doing what we think they need to be doing, do you know that's not showing mercy? That's judging. You see? And you have to distinguish right and wrong. But who gives me the right to say, well, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you don't think like I think. I don't think this. You should be doing this. So therefore, you know this is wrong. Now we can all say it's wrong according to the scripture. Scripture, but if it's not, if it's not against scripture, how can I say it, right? Right? There's a lot of things not against scripture that we just prefer to do or not do, right? See, you could could say, well, you did eight messages on fruit of the spirit. That's too long. You know, four messages is all we can stand, man. We were used to (laughs) computer games, you know. And everything is fast and moving, you know. We play these games, war game, teachers, you don't, everybody, we just moving in. And you got eight messages, man. You can't hold my attention with eight messages. Well, I'm not here to tickle you, your ears. I'm here to help you because I guarantee you, Jesus is not going to take you. You know? You're not going to take you. You're not going to take me. You know? He's telling us like it is because he loves us, isn't he? Oh, he does. He loves us. Love sometimes needs to be tough. Right, parents? You can't have no sloppy agape all the time. Right? You can't. Jesus doesn't have it. In that, case, in that case, if he had Slapagop, Israel would have never gone into captivity. They would have never had to suffer 40 years around in the wilderness for every year they spied out the, the, the promised land. Come on. When they sent the spies out to look and find out what, what was happening. Uh, 40 days they were gone. They came back with an evil report. Okay. 40 years. One year for every day that you went out there and you brought back this evil report. 40, 40 years you're going around this wilderness and you're going to die out before you get in this promised land. He said, man, at least you could have given just a week for every, every, every day, right? He said, yeah. Tough love, isn't it? Tough love. Tough love. He loved David. He loved Moses, didn't he? Moses, I didn't tell you to strike that rock this time. I told you to speak to the rock. You're not going in the promised land. Come on, God, let me go in, man. I've been serving you all these years, man. You're not going in. Be quiet. No more. I want to hear it. no more. No, no. Right? God is good though, isn't he? Yeah. And we do that as parents. We don't give a child everything they want, do we? I hope you don't. Because you want to help the child. You last one I want to discuss. Mercy was one. The last one is is we need to have compassion. Compassion. Let's look in Luke 7, 11 through 15. Jesus had compassion. You you got to have compassion to go along with that mercy in order to have goodness to abound in your life. Let's start in verse 11. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. Soon afterwards he went to the city of Nain and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. Now as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out. The only son of his mother. And she was a widow. You remember what I said about widows? God. Is going to have mercy on widows. Mercy on the orphans that don't have parents. So how, how does this work out here? And a sizable crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. See, compassion will cause us to act to do something active. To in other words, do something good. Mercy will cause us to do something good. Compassion that we're talking about now will cause us to act if we have compassion the way Jesus had. And 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 I believe that compassion and mercy are fruit of the Spirit. I believe that they are. They are results of or the effect of the Spirit controlling our lives. And it's not named in the nine fruit that's in Galatians chapter 5. It's not named, but I guarantee you, there's no way in the world you're going to prove to me that, that if fruit means the effect of or the result of the Holy Spirit leading our life or controlling our life, that the Holy Spirit doesn't have mercy or the Holy Spirit doesn't have compassion. There's no way in the world you're going to commit commit. Convince me of that. You can't do that. I believe that they just named nine fruit. And Will said, this is this is a fruit of the Spirit. And these are manifestations of the Spirit. And these are this and that. Well, they are, but they're, they're... When you have God inside of you, because we have Emmanuel, God with us, that means that everything that God has, everything that He is, we are. And we have it. It is. We have access to everything. If we have God in us, everything that he is, we have it. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that. All, all that he has is ours. We are joint heirs of Christ Jesus. Heirs of Almighty God, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and, and said to her, do not weep. And why did He said, Man, come on. Why don't you get a life, Jesus? What are you talking about? Man, this lady right here didn't have but one son, he's dead, and you're talking about do not weep. Don't you have compassion on her? Right? Wouldn't we think that was pretty mean? And normally, if if we don't have, come on, if we weren't reading the Bible, we would normally say, that that's that's kind of hard. He's callous. Right? But see, when he says do not weep, it's because he's saying, I'm I'm about to do something. I'm about to do something here. I have compassion on you, and so I don't want you to weep because I'm about to do something. Verse 14, and he came up, and he touched the coffin. And the barrels came to a halt. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Is that compassion or not? So we see why he said do not weep." It's a time to rejoice, isn't it? Yeah. Compassion. Compassion on people will cause us to act in goodness. Mercy will cause us to act in goodness. We need goodness to abound. I want to end with a story about a young lady. And I have some, I, I interviewed her on the phone yesterday. I wanted her to come to the congregation and, and, and tell her own story. Uh, but she uh, is a pastor's wife. And she is needed in the church. Uh, so I said, okay, the interview would do. Uh, some of you know, uh, her name when she was in this church was Deborah Deborah Burford. Okay, did anybody remember Deborah Burford? Okay, yeah. And um, she got married uh, to Robert Meredith, so she is now Deborah Meredith. But anyway, we had a yard giveaway back over when we were on Park Avenue uh, some years ago. And we know we 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 have yard giveaways, so we give away things. And this girl came to us, And she was pregnant. She was 15 years old. She was pregnant with her third child. And uh, somebody led her to the Lord. Right there, uh, because that's what we do also during the yard giveaway when we have activities like that. We we give the gospel, we we try to lead people to the Lord. So they led her to the Lord. But she didn't have anywhere to live, she was homeless. The social service had taken her children, two. Not the one in the stomach, but two. Okay, two. It was taken. Take and, uh, and so she explained that she, didn't, she was homeless. She'd been living, you know, different places, uh, just wherever she can. She can just spend the night, whether it be on the bridge, wherever it is. She, that's all she did. Her mother would not take her in. And her father would not take her in because they were mad with her. And she really wanted her, her mother's love. That's what she wanted but, but her parents kicked out because she had children out of wedlock and aren't you glad you're a Christian? Yeah. and and kicked out and wouldn't love her And part of it was because uh, it was a biracial child too, okay uh, that, was, that was one of the main things but um, you know but' this, here there. but anyway, Uh, What happened was that we, our church, uh, put her up in a, um, uh, she was was a Caucasian. And um, she put put up in a a YWCA. And we paid for, the church paid for her to be there until we can find out some other place of ministry that will take her. Thank God for ministries in Lynchburg. Uh, She went to Miriam House from there. Deborah Burford was the one who took her under her wings. And I'm going to tell you, I couldn't, I couldn't be around uh, this young lady uh, uh, much, okay, because uh, she wishy-washy, you know. She says she'll do one thing, and she won't do it, you know. Uh, and I didn't have much mercy. My goodness gracious, you're going to, you know, Deborah take over. <laughs> do you know that a person who has a mercy motive is needed in a body? Do you know that? It's needed. We need every gift that we have that God has given us. We really do. And mercy is a gift that God gives. Now, all of us are required to be merciful. Like everybody's required to pray. Everybody's required to give. But some people have a, 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 a gift of prayer. I mean, they just pray. You know? I, I don't think you want to hang out, probably, with Miss Dorsey. Because she'll get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, she's praying. 3.30, 4 o'clock, she's praying. She won't even answer the phone. You know? Is that right, Miss Dorsey? I mean, you just pray. You're going to pray. You know? you know, we have, we have uh, four people on the front row here. Prayer warriors. You know, we used to... <laughs> Whenever I used to, used to pray, and we said, "Hey Lord, You Lord, can y'all take this thing?" You know, and they've been handling, it and then they have their their their, their right hand people right there, uh, Brian and Becky, and they they pray every Thursday. They pray. I don't care whether somebody come where they don't come. They pray. Is that right? Y'all pray. Some people are gifted that way; they just pray. And so Deborah is gifted in mercy. Well, I said Deborah, I said. How's Jennifer doing now? Now, now this is a long time to go now. It might be Jennifer probably is in her, she's 15. She's in her late 20s probably now. She has she she has had 10 children now. Okay, yeah, 10 children, by three different people, and but seven of them she's married now though. The first three was by was by two different people, but the 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 last seven, one died because I, they called me from the from the hospital and say hey, uh, your, one of your members say, they need you to come up here, uh, to minister to them. and they called a the person's name and I said who? I said I don't have nobody in the congregation by that name, but I, but I went up there anyway and that's who it was. It was her. Hadn't been a church in years, <laughs> but still this was just her church, you know. Uh, but anyway, they had a still birth, but they've had seven children. Uh, now, and, and Deborah said that she's doing well. She has a job. She's, she's, she has a. She's, she's, uh, well, you know, she, she has a suburban. I said, how she get all those kids around? She has a 15-passenger van or something? She said, no, they, they have a suburban. You know, they, they're doing well. They're doing well. I said, Deborah, you know, do you know she still keeps up with that girl? Still keeps up with that girl. And the girl still calls Deborah. You know? That's mercy. That's goodness. Deborah told me, which I didn't know, you don't know this, babe. Um, what happened was that, uh, babe, that's my wife, Minerva. So, you know. <laughs> just, <laughs> just for you all to don't know, you know? <laughs> just for you all who don't know. Uh, um, she was at school, she teaches school. Uh, back then, when she was. With us, it was Nelson County uh, Middle School, but now she's in Nelson County High School. But anyway, uh, she's a principal. Called in the office and say, uh, "This is in the middle school." Said, "They will come to the office over the intercom." She came in to office and said, "Look, this this parents uh, said that they want their child, you to take their child because the child gonna die if, if they go to the party." She said, "What kind of party is this?" It was a crack party, and uh, and so they left the child and left. Deborah had that child. The child was named Cephas Earl. The child was three months old, and they just left the child. Deborah didn't know the parents, didn't know anything about the child, but they, but they knew that Deborah was a person who cared for people. Yeah. And somebody told them that, and they they brought the child up there to the to the middle school and said and left him for Deborah. She kept that child for two years, not knowing who the parents were. Really. And then the parents, you know, came forth and wanted the child back. She still keeps up with the the child. The child now uh, is in the military. He's, Cephas Earl, is 22 years old now. Still keeps up with him. She said that the lady who is the mother years later came to their church and gave her life to the Lord because of what Deborah had done for her son years before. And she, she said, that, she said, she said, look, let me tell you, Lord knows that lady is on fire for God because she's slept with about everybody. She's been on, on drugs. She's been on this, she's been on that. That lady is, in the church, she said, when we have a Bible study start at 7, she's there at 6. She don't want to miss nothing. You know? She's there, she's serving, doesn't miss nothing. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's what happens when we, as a body, show goodness towards people and don't have respect to persons. You see? Now, what will most of us do, you know, if, if somebody came in, Oh man, we know they. They're, they're, sure, but you know they don't know where no in the world. And we're gonna take them, man. Drugs, I mean, crack. You know, been sleeping with people, man. That's, that's gonna be trouble in the church, you know. Ladies, <laughs> hold on to your man, you know, All right? <laughs> but, but I'm gonna tell you, you have to be open to what God is doing because God wants to save the lost. He wants to save sinners. You see? She said. She said. Now she said. She said. Let me tell you, something. God is still doing stuff. He's said, you know, one of the big drug dealers uh, in the county. Uh, they, they are in our church now. Gave to life to God. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? She said. You know what? You, you remember back, back long then we had a prophet come. Uh, you remember? What I said. You talking about? Uh, was it Clem Farris or was it um, Michael Cotton? She so said it was Michael Cotton. Y- y'all, some of you remember Michael Cotton? He's he's one of the Uh, Prophetic uh, ministers from GCI, which used to be GCI, now impact churches. But uh, Michael Cotton came and gave a prophetic word to her and said, you're going to be the mother of the county that you live in. She said, that has come to pass. She said, I'm the mother of of this, the county, people just bring people to me. I said, glory, hallelujah. Woo! Let's stand on your feet. Wow! I said, God, this is good. This is good. Goodness. We got to have the fruit of the Spirit abounding in our lives. The next series that we'll do is, is in, um, we'll start that series the first of next month. And it's going to be a financial series and um, it's going to bless you. I know it's going to bless you because We're going to have some some good stuff going on. We're going to have some workshops uh, in the evenings or some evenings. Uh, We're going going to teach you things. We're going to have a member of the congregation who's a banker come, come teach you things about what to watch out for and all these type of things. It's going to be a good something going on, I'm going to tell you. Because, see, we want you as elders, we want you to know how to financially operate in the kingdom of heaven. That's what we want to you say, you say, well, oh, we're going to teach finances. I know he's going to be after my money. No, 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 no. We're not after your money, you know? We, we're after your heart. You know, that's what we're trying to do, is to teach you kingdom principles. That's what we're trying to do, okay? Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the series on the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. That's what we want. We want the character of Christ. As a body, sure, we want every single fruit, result, effect of the Holy Spirit leading our lives, operating through us. But as a body, we are supposed to be walking as a, as a full-grown man as a body because we are the body of Christ. So we're walking as one man, all of us, and we're many members, but we're one man in the body of Christ. We need each other. We need every gift that everyone has because it's important to, to move in this body where Christ wants to move his body. Let's be open to it, Lord. Let's be open to you. If there's anyone here that hasn't given your life to Jesus Christ, giftings, manifestations, manifestations. Use of that gift and being controlled by the Holy Spirit starts there. Is anybody here that would like to say today, I would like to give my life to Jesus Christ? Anybody here today? Anybody here today would say, I would like to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ because I gave my life to Jesus Christ, but I'm not living for Christ. I'm not not doing what I'm searching for. You know I'm not doing it. And I want to this day, make this day a line that I'm drawing in the sand that I'm not going back. I'm going forward that's you, would you just raise your hand and put it back down we'd like to pray for you. Anybody? Can I see the hand? Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. Prayer team, would you come up please? Praise your name. Praise your name. If, if you want an exhortation, comfort in the word, uh, we have two people over here uh, Elder Doris and Barry uh, will pray with you and, and see what God is saying that may comfort, may encourage you. The others here are going to pray for whatever you have needs of. The person that raised a hand, I would like for you to get with Elder Sam afterwards and uh, talk with him and he will help you to move from where you are to more where God wants you to be. Father, we thank you for your series. And we thank you for your giftings that you've put in all of us, Lord. May we use those giftings to the glory and praise of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you again for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our website is cornerstonelynchburg.com. You may call us at 434-847-4796. And our physical address is 525 Old Graves Mill Road in Lynchburg, Virginia.